Welcome bitches. <laughs> now, welcome to our blog, Pussy Kills. My name is Ashton. I'm here with Megan, Cindy, Jada. And again, we're from Pussy Kills. We decided to make our blog about women who kill and they do have pussies. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They definitely do. The qualifications. Yeah. We just have had a good time um, discussing it. We didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. We want to uh, teach y'all about women who murder people. They bothered me, so I decided to kill them. Welcome to Pussy Kills, where women's wrongs are way better than their rights. Today we're going to cover Jackie the Ripper. I'm Megan. I'm Ashton. I'm Jada. And I'm Cindy. And we're not serial killers. <laughs> no, we are just people who are obsessed with them and watch videos, so I don't know. Hopefully like you are too. Yeah. So welcome and hope you enjoy the podcast today. And hopefully you're not a serial killer. Yeah. And all of this is circumstantial. No slander, no libel. Don't sue us. Okay. <laughs> we all know who Jack the Ripper is. A famous serial killer from Whitechapel, East London. Back in 1888? Yes. Yeah, so 1888, we all know Jack the Ripper. Uh, got away with killing a lot of female prostitutes uh, around f five. Bro, I thought you were bucking at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, what did I do? I didn't mean to fuck up. That's the fuck I was trying to get. <laughs> 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 what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> We have our own little killer. It's called, her name is Cindy. She's she very vicious. I swear to God. But I'm um, so dead. okay, back to Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, like I said, big time serial killer. Uh, committed around 12, 12 murders. Five have been proven to be him, but still never found out. Scotland Yard uh, did their best, but you know, with forensic evidence at that time, it was very hard to establish a killer. But it was known that he was a doctor or in the medical profession because every time he killed, um, uh, it looked like it was somebody who knows how to their way around a knife. And uh, to add on one more thing, we, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but it's theorized that it might be a woman because she had access to all these prostitutes around the city at that time. Anything that on, Megan? Yeah, so uh, like Ashton said, only five confirmed and all the murders occurred over the course of nine weeks, which is pretty efficient uh, if you're not getting caught, especially. Uh, so our first victim is Mary Nichols. So her downward spiral uh, started when her husband cheated on her with her midwife. Uh, yeah, which is like, I don't know, low as fuck. But uh, so she became an alcoholic and they separated. Uh, they were like pointing fingers at each other. Like he cheated on her because she became an alcoholic and vice versa. So after they separated, she lived in a workhouse 
which is essentially a place where impoverished people go for work and shelter. She stayed there for a couple of months before she moved in with an unidentified man, but still struggled financially. She also lived in and out of her father's house as well. Finally, in 1888, she moved to Wilmot's, which is an all-women's workhouse in East End of London. On the night of her death, she was unable to pay rent for a bed in Wilmot's, like many struggling women at this time. She ended up resorting to prostitution to raise money for her rent. At 2.30 a.m., she was heavily drunk and wandering the streets when she ran into her friend Emily Holland, who tried to convince her to come home with her but Mary refused. So Emily was the last person to see her alive. And at 3.45 a.m., uh, just, yeah, 3.45 a.m., uh, she was found with her throat cut all the way to the back of the spine, uh, almost completely severing her head from her body. Then at the autopsy, she it was discovered that her abdomen had been cut as well and her guts entirely removed. Uh, She was laid to rest on September 6th and her gravestone is unmarked. Like Ashton said, uh, like very anatomically knowledgeable um, with the murders. Uh, Then uh, came Annie Chapman. Not to cut you off, but do you... No, go for it. Nah, do you know when um, her body was discovered? How long it took for her body to be discovered? Was it that same night? Yeah. uh, So, she was last seen um, around 2.30 a.m. by a friend, Emily Holland, and she tried to convince her to come home with her, uh, have a place to stay, and... uh, Mary just was like, no, 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 I'm going to get this money. Uh, and she was also drunk at the time, too, uh, which I'm sure allowed the killer to um, overpower her more easily. And then about an hour and 15 minutes later, her body was discovered. So like Mary, Annie Chapman was also an alcoholic. Uh, she lived in lodging in East End. Um, Annie supported herself by selling crochet and other crafts. Also, like Mary, she occasionally turned to prostitution to support herself financially. On the night of her death, she was unable to pay for a bed at Crossingham's lodging house where she was typically staying. But she was allowed to stay in the kitchen for a few hours by the deputy keeper, which is essentially an innkeeper. Uh, But when she couldn't pay rent, they told her that she needed to leave. At 1.45, Annie was seen tipsy and alone, wandering the streets of London, trying to make money for her bed. She was spotted at 5.30 a.m. by Elizabeth Long, who was on her way to work. Long states that, in her witness statement, that Chapman was talking to somebody, somebody who she said was a man, although she did not get a very good look at him. Uh, And at 5.45, a man named John Davis discovered her body behind his house. He got up for work and discovered her laying there, kind of like tucked away in a corner. Um, Her head had almost been severed as well. The only thing that was keeping it on, or no, her head had been severed. The only thing that was keeping it on was like a handkerchief that she had around her neck already. uh, And she had also been disemboweled. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So uh, after that, that's when people started putting two and two together and like, 
like, oh crap, like there's a connection between these. Like it's uh, poor women, prostitutes, all of that. So then it comes to Elizabeth Stride, our third victim. Stride became the third victim on September 30th, 1888. She was married to a man named John Stride for less than 10 years. And when they separated, she moved into common lodging. Like Mary and Annie, she also turned to alcohol and was actually charged on several occasions for drunk misconduct. She was in and out of lodge houses for several years, alternating with staying uh, with an on-again, off-again boyfriend named Michael Kidney. On the night of her death, she did pay for her bed. She had a place to stay, but she went out in the town to get drunk. And at 1 a.m., her body was found by a steward of a club. Uh, 15 minutes prior to that, a man named Israel Schwartz walked past Stride, struggling with a man, but he just assumed that it was a dis- domestic dispute, which is just crazy that he just looked past that, like, no big deal anyway, but that just shows the times, I guess. And he crossed the street to avoid the situation. He was clearly wrong. Um, the difference between Elizabeth and Mary and Annie's deaths was that the only thing that was done to her was her throat was cut. They, police suspect that um, the man that discovered her actually disrupted the killing, and so uh, Jack didn't have time to disembowel her like the other two. Then after that was Catherine Edows. Let me make sure I got these. And just to take over for a minute. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, there's a pattern in the killings, as you can see. These are all poor women trying to just make a way. And they're obviously being taken advantage of. And this just goes to the time in East London. There was a lot of poverty, um, a lot of slum life going around. So um, Jack the Ripper is probably a product or of the environment. And he, he took it out on the women. I think that's a sad thing. And uh, give it back to Megan. Yeah, he was definitely like whatever was driving him to kill was like taking advantage of these women because like they're all drunk Mm -hmm. down on their luck like probably he probably was like um hey like i'll pay for you to have a good time with you um and then like cornered them and slit their throats and obviously very smart he knew to get away with it right i think it's also interesting that they were all drunk so far which kind of leads me to believe that he wasn't or they, because it could have been, we, it's not proven that it's a he. Um, they weren't strong enough to take the women sober. Oh, yeah, okay. I like that. I didn't think about that. So our second to last victim is Catherine E. Dows. She fell on hard times like all the other victims. It started when she was a teenager and both of her parents died. She was a woman of romance. She married a man named Thomas Conway and got his initials tattooed on her arm. Uh, However, unlike the permanence of the tattoo, their relationship did not last forever. He was often, often abusive, and as a result, she turned to drinking. They separated, and she moved into common lodging in East London. And she ended up getting with a man named John Kelly. 
and they ended up staying like sharing a room together and on the night of her death she was struggling to get money for a bed at the lodge so she went to borrow money from her daughter she never actually went and saw her daughter but she did find money because she was found drunk at 8 p.m. and arrested for drunk misconduct and was thrown in jail so that she could sober up. Eventually, she did sober up and was released around midnight. Around 11.35 a.m., three men saw her uh, wandering the street. And just 10 minutes later, a police constable named Alfred Alfred Watkins found her gruesomely mutilated. She was cut up and disemboweled like the other victims. However, in addition, she had deep carvings in her cheeks and eyes, and her uterus and left kidney was also missing. And the fact that this happened over the course of a mere 10 minutes is just astounding. I also think it's interesting how soon these women are being found. It's like he's not putting any effort, they aren't putting any effort into hiding the bodies or even hiding that they're committing these crimes. Right. Uh, yeah, he just uh, commits that, like, takes it, like, whatever chance he gets. Like, he's seeing lots of people, like, when he's with these women and then just acting right. upon it when he gets the opportunity. Even though it's nighttime, it's pretty active night soon. Yeah, think. there's people out drinking, um, people coming back from work late. Um, but, uh, to kind of caveat off that, Cindy, the last victim was actually the only one that was like kind of hidden. Um, and her name was Mary Kelly. Not much is known about Mary's early life before she moved to London. But when she did move to London in 1884, she started working in brothels, but they were like high class. She lived a life of luxury. Eventually, she did move to the East End uh, and lived in lodging, and she turned to drinking just like all the other victims. She shared a room with her boyfriend, Joseph Barnett. But when Barnett lost his job, that put financial strain on the couple and they parted ways af- soon after, though they were still civil to each other, and he actually came and visited her on the night she died. Uh, like I said, the difference between Mary's death and the other victims was that she was found dead in her room, not on the street. Somebody saw her going into the lodging with a man, but they waited around for a few minutes to see if the man came back out thinking it was going to be the murderer and when he didn't come back out uh like relatively soon he just let it be and walked away at 10:45 a.m. the following morning the landlord's assistant came round looking for Mary's pay because she was behind on rent and found that the door was locked and he had to break into her room And that's when he found Mary dead. Her death was probably the most gruesome out of all of them. She was mutilated almost beyond recognition. Uh, If they didn't know that was her room, then they probably wouldn't have known it was her right away. And 
reports say that the most horrifying fact of the entire scene was that her eyes were staring up as if it was looking at the murderer in like it was like frozen in horror uh she was buried on november 19th and a huge crowd turned out for her burial and police had to like fight off the crowds to allow the mourners to mourn in peace Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, um, this, this one's the most gruesome. Out of yes. All of them. Yeah. The most gruesome out of all of the killings. Uh, and the last one to be confirmed after that, like all of East London was kind of like on edge, but there was nothing to nothing that was connected to Jack the Ripper after that. Hey, it's Tokyo Valentino. I know that podcast about all those girls murdering men and doing crazy stuff probably got you all hot and heated and scared, but how about we get you hot and heated for something different? Come to Tokyo Valentino, where there are plenty of toys for that murderous rage that you're in. Now you can finally destroy something that doesn't hurt others. Just you. All right. Welcome back to Pussy Kills. Now that we're done with the boring facts, let's get to the more important things. Unproven theories that I'm going to die on a hill about. So, <laughs> well, I guess what you're wondering is, how does that tie into murder? Well, Jack the Ripper, as of 2018, has a theory that they may have been a woman. Through partial DNA and testing, though it was not completely reliable, they did say that they found partial DNA that could confirm that Jack the Ripper was a woman, as they had some of the DNA that women usually have. Well, if you think about it, it's not that far-fetched. She could have been a midwife or an abortionist during that time, two of which were very common. Obviously, the midwife one would be more, like, obvious to see. But it would give the perpetrator the ideas and the ability to cut up women, as well as, like, the scientific and medical background that would make these crimes possible. I also think it's important to know that during a time, and now time, and probably future time, we live in the patriarchy under misogynistic views that women can't murder people. But they can. They will. And they have. So... But during this time, and, and like a lot of other old cases that are unsolved, they believe that they may have been women just due to the fact that police officers didn't really believe that women had the rage or the capabilities of murdering people. So it would be really interesting in another podcast to take a look at um, a lot of unsolved crimes from that period of time. But anyways, if we think about it, who would be a better to escape? An abortionist or a midwife who has blood all over her? That's obvious. It wouldn't be very like not known or like seen a lot. But then also, also, let's think about it. Who's going to be the least, who's going to be the one who's not going to be suspected? The wife or the brother or the husband when there is a murder in a house. The wife was already voted out of the situation just based on her gender. So she would probably get away with murdering people far more than a man would because she would be the last suspect. And by the time that they get to her, she probably committed more murders. For all we know, she murdered like 30 people because, you know, men were dumb. And every year you go back, the dumber they are. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're not talking We're not talking about the fact that men are dumb. I mean, it ties into this to- topic. But the point of the matter is that Jack the Ripper should be called Jill the Ripper or Jackie the Ripper or Jennifer the Ripper because it's clearly a woman because women kill men. And women also kill women. But that's also misogynistic too. Your, like, um, conspiracy theory thing, which, like, there's actually, like, a suspect... Yeah, her name is Kelly or something. Mary Piercy. Mary? Yeah. That was Kelly. Mary Piercy, who was convicted. Yeah, she was convicted and hung in 1890 for the murders of her lover's wife and child. 
and she used similar methods to rip her. Oh, yeah, we're on the same thing. Oh. Did you add that to it? No, I, I went on a tangent about men being dumb. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop the thing first. But I think that I, I, I would definitely add that in. I, I went off the rails. I mean, it all tied together, but it was off the rails. I think another conspiracy theory I got is um, what if it was another prostitute who just wanted to get ready to competition? Ooh, that's crazy. That would be. I think the murders wild. are too gruesome that's for true. it to just be com- competition. I think the fact that she there's. She could be just a sociopath and a prostitute. Could be, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I feel like there's like some somebody, sort of like yeah. a vendetta. Mm, I, I think they just. I think they just liked killing. I think they. Yeah, they definitely like killing. Well, she's like, uh, she took the dude that I like. She's gonna get it. Like, you killed five people over the course of nine weeks? Like, that's, that's so intense. Yeah. Could have been a copycat. Could have been. What? Most likely was a copycat. Ten people is kind of... Even mm. for a... I don't know, because they were all... They all had the same signature, right? Yeah. They were all killed about the same way, and they were all so close together. I feel like there wouldn't be enough hype around it, especially in 1888. Where there's like not like media coverage. Yeah, there's that. It's not like sensationalized. Yeah, so. like like it would be today. Did you get into the letter? Uh, the letter from hell. Nope. So the letter from hell was a letter from Jack the Ripper sent to Scotland Yard, and it's basically just bragging about uh, how they probably won't get him. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I read it real quick. The letter reads from hell, Mister Lux, sir. I need a British accent. Excuse me, people. Wait, what? <laughs> Jack, Jack the Ripper wrote a letter to Scotland Yard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it. From <laughs> <clears throat> hell, Mr. Lux, sir, I, I assume you have the kidney. I took from one woman, pr- pr- preserved it for your t'other piece. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you went very Irish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Conor McGregor. I watch too much. I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you, t'other piece. I fried it and ate it. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Sign, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. Yo, we got like a Hannibal Lecter-esque. It's wild. And it says hundreds of letters claiming to be from the killer were posted at the time of the Ripper's murders, but many researchers argue that the From Hell letter is one of the a handful of possibly authentic writings received from the murderer. So they don't know if it's real or fake, but that's like the one that's like closest to being yeah you, like, with the kidney yeah. Yikes. Hmm. Gross. Okay. Makes me not. Yeah, this person's a psycho. Anymore. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a a a, a mad. A prostitute trying to get back or trying to get rid of the competition. You, you're sending kidneys to people. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, I don't think this is a crime of passion. I think this is a crime of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know what that's like, but whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't know. You said you would? I wouldn't know. <laughs> a silent one. <laughs> Did you see how she was about to kill that fly? <laughs> yeah, and how she buffed it up. <laughs> Come on, you. Mm-mm. Okay, is it my turn? Just yes, right now? Cindy. Okay, so Jack the Ripper today. This case has been cold for over a century, and despite all the new advances and discoveries, the case has remained cold, and it will most likely remain cold. 
Um, so forensic scientists have uh, actually uh, published a um, peer-reviewed journal, um, which is what the most recent um, of the information that we have of uh, Jack or Jackie the Ripper, um, where they say they found um, genetic a genetic test published in 2019 that pointed to Aaron Kosminski, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he was one of the prime suspects, actually, back in the old days. Uh, he was a 23-year-old Polish barber and a prime police suspect at the time. Um, but critics say that the evidence isn't strong enough to declare this case closed. Forensic examination of a stained silk shawl, which investigators found next to the mutilated body of Catherine Ed- Edos. Yeah. Um... She, that was the Ripper's fourth victim. Mm-hmm. Um, the shawl was speckled with what is claimed to be blood and semen. Gross. Um, the letter, uh, the latter believed to be from the killer. So this isn't the first time that um, Kosminski has been linked to the cold case, but it's the first time that we've seen forensic evidence linking him to one of the victims. And it's also the first time a peer-reviewed journal has been published. Um, this is important to note because it gives the case some ethos, uh, to, like, back up the claims, since, um, nothing before had been, like, concrete evidence. But, uh, before we, um, close this case and say that that is exactly who Jack the Ripper is, um, let's get into the mechanics of how they were able to link this case to Kazminsky. Um, so basically the DNA from the shawl was extracted and amplified through what is um, claimed to be the most systematic and most advanced genetic analysis to date. In the article I read, it explains that the tests that were done based on this evidence compared fragments of mitochondrial DNA and then samples from descendants of um, Kosminski's family, and they compared them. So basically the, the DNA match was... Um, was a match to the known relatives. Mm. And from the sample, they concluded, they concluded that the Ripper had brown hair and brown eyes, which is a link to like one of the testimonies of an eyewitness that said that they saw the killer. Um, so this sounds like strong evidence, but there's a lot of critics that say that this isn't, the evidence isn't um, real or valid enough. Um, the biggest complaint we've heard is that the DNA samples are not included in the paper. So instead, they like showed it with a series of uh, color-coded boxes. And um, scientists uh, didn't really like this because it wasn't hard evidence of the specific genetic variations in which were claimed in the analysis. And um, the writers of this paper uh said that this was because of the data protection act in the uk which was designed to protect the privacy of individuals kind of like hipaa Mm -hmm. um and they claimed that also by illustrating it through like the color-coded boxes that um it would be easier for us non-scientists to understand it um but then we heard rebuttals from those scientists that critiqued this um evidence saying that mitochondrial DNA is actually, like, not a risk, and there's, like, no way that you can, like, give out personal information through that. Hmm. And then they followed the peer review, uh, they followed the 
They followed up by stating that the peer-reviewed journal was not real science because of these lackings, saying, I wonder what science and research are going when we start to avoid showing results, but instead present colored boxes. Another expert in mitochondrial DNA debunks the results based on the fact that based on the evidence provided, all we can really see is two DNA samples that are not related. Stating, based on mitochondrial DNA, one can exclude a suspect. Basically, it could be Kaminsky's DNA, but it could also be from anyone else who lived in London at the time. Not only that, but many critics also wonder if uh, the shawl has been contaminated over time, and that's who the DNA belongs to. Um, in conclusion, this case is still cold, and although many have attempted to solve it, once and for all, we have come up short. Or once again, we've come up short. And uh, we have yet to rule out any suspects, and we even to date so speculate that Jack may have even been Jackie. Or Jill. Or Jennifer. Or Jennifer. Or Jada. Or Jade. Or Jada. <laughs> oh, yeah, or me. <laughs> All right, so last time I was with you guys, you guys were swinging into a news story about Jack the Ripper, or aka Jackie the Ripper, but how about instead of swinging into a news story, we swing into a new experience. Come down to Trapeze in Atlanta, a a swingers club and a sex club. You got to pay to play. We are back from our commercials. Uh, so to wrap it up, um, it's inconclusive whether Jack the Ripper was a male or female, but I'm pretty uh, team Jackie the Ripper. Um, I'm also team Jackie the Ripper. What do you think, Cindy? Um, I am also team Jackie. I don't give a damn. <laughs> you have <laughs> to. Yeah. Nah, but I think it's... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn between... Because these are very gruesome. And you would have probably have a lot of physical attributes just to overpower someone. Even yeah, but, if they are but, drunk. But a lot Even of if they the, are drunk. But a lot of them are women. Women can overpower other Yeah, women. especially if it's like yeah. a big woman. like Or even just a skilled woman who can take yeah. you down. A woman can overpower another woman. Like there's women in MMA. Like, yeah. Yeah, that one chick, she will kill you. Like she's so scary. I mean, Cyborg? I don't know. She's the one who usually is like always like, I'm gonna kill myself if I lose a fight. That's Ronda Rousey. She's in yeah. WWE now. Oh yeah. Oh. Yes. Um. Yeah. Cyborg though isn't that one? Yeah, Cyborg's pretty good. Oh, I, I think the best female fighter right now, even though Amanda just lost. I think well, we're, we're going in on another subject. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who it is. I think this is a mystery that we'll probably never, ever, 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 ever solve. Yeah. So I think it being a woman is very intriguing. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, definitely during that time period, anybody could get away with anything. So um, yeah, we just have to find out when we die or not at all. Wouldn't that be crazy? That's what you found out when you died. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we digress. Check out our blog post next. Wait, we were recording this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we will have a new blog post on Tuesday next week, uh, kind of summarizing everything that we've talked about today uh, for Jackie the Ripper. Um, check us out. Check our website out and our other blogs. It's Pussy Kills with a V, so P V S S Y Kills. Um, yeah, we'll hopefully see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter.
Also at Pussy Kills. Indeed. With a V. With indeed, yeah. Bye.